Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting firm RiderFlex. If you enjoyed today's guest interview, please give it a like and be sure to subscribe to the RiderFlex podcast. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand. Okay. So Kendra, uh, first of all, you know, I don't want to butcher your last name. So why don't you pronounce it correctly for the listeners? Uh, so it's Reichenau. 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 Yes. Is that yes. German? German it's or what? German. Uh, my husband's father was from Germany. I see. Okay. That's what I figured. I was looking it up and I, of course I did the whole, you know, pronounce.com and I'm trying to, <laughs> I was like, I'll just well, ask okay. her. You can also call me the only one of the main reasons why I took my husband's name because I was 32 when I got married uh, uh, and I had been my maiden name for you know, a long time was because a lot of people pronounce it as right now. And I thought Kendra right now uh, was oh. very fitting. For me yes. And my personality. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's good. More marketing. So than my husband. So I was like, well, <laughs> I guess I should take it. <laughs> right now is uh, uh, is good. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Well, let's see. So, are you in Minnesota today? Is that where the corporate office is? I am. I'm in. I'm in Minneapolis. That's where we. Minneapolis. Live. Okay. All right. And t- talk to me about where you're from, where you grew up, mom, dad, early family life, if you don't mind. Yeah. No, I'd love to. My parents came to America in 1963 with a thousand dollars. Really? Uh, my father is British. My mother's Australian. They came over with green cards through Australia, which was there was a good relationship between the U.S. and Australia back then. And so they came with green cards. Uh, My father traveled throughout America in his 20s and wanted to come back because he felt like America was the land of opportunity and was not as caught up in class systems the way it was in London and in England. Mm. And so he felt there was just greater chance of him to make it if he worked hard. Gotcha. My parents, yeah, my parents worked together for the first 25 years. My father was a small business owner. He was a photographer and my mom ran the gallery. Oh. Uh, and so my sister and I are kind of second generation immigrants. And I think back then, you know, our parents wanted us to be doctors or lawyers or accountants. Right. And, uh, Neither of us have done that, but it is interesting that, you know, my sister also has a very serious career. uh, And I think there's something about being, you know, second generation where you see your parents working really hard and kind of figuring it out on their own, not having family to rely on, or even neither of my parents went to college, you know, education to follow up on. And um, so I think both of us, I think, have a drive that, probably we got from our parents, but also then we have ourselves. So, Mm, uh, mm. and my father really believed in education. So he was a huge proponent of that and encouraged us, you know, both to, you know, go to high school and college. In fact, my sister has her PhD. Oh, Um, yeah. Uh, Okay. Wow. Yeah, I know. She's another one. So, so one daughter's a doctor and the other one's a CEO. Wow, that, that's my pretty sister good. Runs a glo- my sister runs a global environmental consulting company. Yeah. Wow. Impressive for both of you. Congratulations. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know about impressive, but uh, she's impressive. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> folks, you, go ahead. Your folks still alive? Are they still? Uh, yes. My father went back to France uh, and he lives there. And my oh. mom still lives in the Bay Area, which is where uh, I grew up. I see. Were they, were they uh, were you guys already out of the house and grown before they split? Yeah, they got, they, they split after 40 years, which is quite, that's a different I'm, podcast. Okay. That's a di- <laughs> I'm always fascinated when I meet older people, like I got some friends, you know, 56 year old friends and uh, whatever, and uh, I'm getting divorced. I'm like, you've been married for, you've been married for 40 years. Like really? Like now? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh, so you didn't have any grandparents then in the U S when you were a kid then, right? No, nobody. Nope. I see. Okay. Nope. In fact, uh, no, no, no. Yeah. No. How, how, no. Did, how, how did they meet in the first place? How did, was he traveling in, in Australia? No, my mother, um, my father was in London and my mom 
was with her family living for a year in in London. Oh, I see. And gotcha. they happened to live they my grandmother on my Australian side had rented a house across the street from my father's parents. <laughs> and I guess the go. story goes, it snowed in London, which was very rare. Uh-huh. And my mom was trying to shovel the walk. And my dad walked by because he was at his parents uh-huh. and offered to share the shovel or something. Uh-huh. And so okay. from there, they, you know, they met and married in like six months and came, then came to America. So it was quite brave, really, and almost That's impulsive. Right. <laughs> and what kind of kid were you? Were you a good teenager? Were you wild? Yeah, were you, were you, were really you like, good, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was kind of a good kid, um, but I was also independent. So I've been working since I was 10. Okay. I've always loved working. I didn't love school. Mm. Uh, I... You know, my first job was at Joanne's Coffee Roasting Company, which roasted coffee beans pre-Starbucks, which kind of starts to date me. You got to put that on your LinkedIn. You got to add that to your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I would um, measure the beans and put them in a bag and then dust the bag off and then put them all lined up so people could, you know, grab their pound of beans or whatever. Um, And that was my first job at 10. And I used to, I did, my father was a photographer, as I said, and so I would sit on the stool and help. He would warm up his cameras to make sure they were always working because there was no digital back then, right? right? And, you know, I used to pose and I used to do local ads, local, you know, kids cool. clothing ads that he would do. And I used to organize all the wedding albums. So he would take all these photos and then we would organize them in order of how we wanted and we'd pick the best ones. And so at a young age, I would learn how to pick the best photo, chronologically put it in the photo album, number all the albums, and I would get a dollar a book. <laughs> um, and then, then I learned how to retouch them so that they looked better in the proofs in the, in the book. Uh, so, I mean, I've been working, I've been working forever. All right. Um, why, um, why political science in college? What, what, what was the oh, goal there? Because my father wanted me to be a lawyer. Oh, I see. I see. That goes okay. back to All right. All right. you need to be a lawyer. That's, uh, that's, that's <laughs> the right career for you. You will be successful. That's what people in America do. I see. That's where that came from. And then, you, but then what? Yeah, walk us, walk us through your career a little bit, your early career. Okay. Early my early on. career. So yeah, you I were, you had some retail, you had some retail yeah, in there. I love that. I did. I did. I, so I worked through college. So I worked for Nordstrom and Neiman Marcus through college. Cool. Uh, cool. I had a client book set up so that I could work the summers, Thanksgiving and Christmas and make quite a bit of money. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, it, you know, your customers were very loyal to you. And so you could, you had a book, you had other information, you'd call them. You know, it was in the era of, if you remember, Tom Peters and Nordstrom's would accept back, you know, Goodyear tires. And, you know, <laughs> it was that whole kind of era of when the customer was right and you did everything to make the customer happy. Yes, uh, and so I benefited from that in terms of commission. Uh, and then I worked at, my father went into bankruptcy when I was 20 and mm. I had to live at home for a year and kind of go to community college and save up enough money to pay for my final year at school. Uh, And so I worked for Neiman Marcus for 18 months and um, was the assistant manager of what's, you know, now called designer, designer sportswear. And I learned how to put on punk shows and I had 19 people reporting into me and teaching them how to work the client book. And, you know, it was a good year. You know, sometimes your worst experiences are your best ones. Um, And that was probably (laughs) one of my best, worst experiences. Um, And I lucked out. I went to um, a very wonderful girls uh, junior high and high school called Castalea. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was very difficult to get into back then. Mm. It was also very expensive. And they bartered. My father bartered so I could go there. He was the school photographer. I was just about to say that. He's like, he probably did something with photos for him or something. Yeah, we, he did all the school <laughs> photographs um, so that I could attend, mm. uh, which I'm sure no private school would do that today, especially right. in today. I mean, today, I think it's $55,000 a year to go. I mean, it's for <laughs> crazy. I know, as a high school. Um, but it kind of changed my life. You know, it was, it, it was a real gift. And when I got out of college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. 
Really? No, they didn't prep you back then. You didn't do internships back then. There wasn't the internet. The only people that came on campus was like Ernst and Young Accounting or something. And I didn't want to be an accountant. So um, I decided this just tells you how naive and stupid I was. But I decided to call the Gap because I I wanted to work for the Gap Corporation because it was in San Francisco and I had moved home. I'm from San Francisco. I'm from the Bay Area. And you knew retail, you knew clothing. I knew retail, I knew knew markets, I knew Nordstrom. I had actually designed my own clothes in high school. I had sold them at boutiques. I mean, I was super creative back then. Okay, cool. And very entrepreneurial. So I decided I was going to call up Gap. And I was going to call the HR department and ask them if they had any jobs. <laughs> so I called the 1-800 number and I asked them to put me through to recruiting. And they did. And a wow. woman named Christine Casey says, this is Christine Casey. She answered the phone, which, of course, the whole thing sounds hilarious. <laughs> and I said, oh, are you Christine Casey from Castilea? And she says, well, yes, I am. Who are you? Boom. Said, Boom. Wow. I know, right? I said, well, I was a seventh grader when you were a senior. Do you remember me? (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. She's like, no, I don't remember you. But still, that's cool. We went to the same school. (laughs) So alumni and us sisters, us Casty girls, we stick together. So that was the beginning of how I learned about the Gap Merchandise training program uh, and how I got in. So very cool. Very cool. Then, so I created my own luck by having a decent memory back then. <laughs> you know, but hey, hey, but good for the listeners right there. You were aggressive, right? You're like, hey, I'm calling people. I'm not just going to. I'm, yeah. I'm aggressive here. I'm going to get in there. OK, good for you. I wow. wanted Perfect. it. You know, and I think there's a funny story even about the interview process. I interviewed with 10. This is for a trainee a training role, right? I mean, this is like yeah. the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. And they said, um, I had an interview with 10 people. Every senior vice president, I mean, it's ridiculous across Gap, Banana Republic, Gap Kids. I mean, super crazy. And one of the DMs told me afterwards, she said, Kendra, I thought you wanted this job so badly. She said, at one point, I thought you were going to reach across the table and shake me. <laughs> <laughs> I told them I'd work for free. I told them it was going to change mm. my life. And that's great. The reality great. was, you know what it did? Yeah. It I mean, the world, it, it created, it, it's created my whole career was getting into that program. Uh, I didn't know what merchandising was back then. Uh, You know, now we know merchandising degrees exist, but back then they didn't exist. Uh, I thought to myself, my God, we get paid for deciding what people wear. Are you kidding? We get get paid to talk about clothes all day long. Like this has got to be the best thing ever. We travel all over the world. We learned how to produce Uh, goods, source goods. Um, Did you get to fly on the jet? Did you get to fly on the company jet at any point? That I mean, nice. I know. Uh, the entourage, the entourage visits, and all yeah, that. I mean, back then it was run by Mickey Drexler, right? Yes. He, yes. he walked yes. the halls every week, and you know he would walk in the door and he'd say, "Kendra, what's going on? Teach me something." And mm-hmm. you know the, the calls would go around. He'd say, "Mickey's on the floor. He'll be there in five minutes." And the, the, and then you'd call the next person, right? <laughs> and you'd jump out of your desk. You'd grab your selling report, you'd go into the closet, you'd put the clothes up on the wall because we all had grids, and then you made sure you knew your numbers. You asked yes. me my numbers today, I know my numbers. Yeah, he was, uh, he, yeah, he he could be a tough character. What, he was way, very what tough, that? but he groomed you. You knew your business, you were in yes. case you were in the elevator, yes. you had to always have something in your head around what you were going to tell Mickey if you ran into him. Yeah, good point. What's what's the uh, little boutique company down in Austin he recently got involved with? Uh, oh, Alex uh, Mill. Is that the name of it? Well, he's doing his. He's 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 actually running his son's company, Alex Mill now. Oh, okay. It was something else. Anyway, he was doing. Oh. I think that he was doing. He was on the board of a fitness company. I think um, Outdoor Fit- Voices. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I can't believe he's. I can't believe he's still going, man. I mean, <laughs> he'll, he'll be merchandising till he dies. <laughs> uh, so that's a great experience for you, though. So, so great, Gap great. took off and then, um, yeah. but somehow now I want to, how did you make the jump into consulting? consulting? How did you get out? Of, how did you get out of product retail yeah. into consulting? How'd that happen? So I have, um, there was a, I was at Ann Taylor. Yeah. McKinsey was in there and they I were doing um, there you go. a lot there you of, go. 
consulting for us. And of course, and McKinsey people, they're always looking for talent. They're like little hawks. Well, they're so looking they... for talent, but at that point, they weren't looking for me. They were very frustrated with the CEO at the time because she was not embracing I see. I see. what McKinsey wanted to do. And okay. so there was this huge issue between the CEO, the board, and McKinsey. All right. And one of the managers at McKinsey kind of pulled me aside and she said, you know, you merchants think you know everything and you don't, and you're not that smart. And I was like, oh, okay. And it kind of went in the back of my head. And when I left, I, I got to Ann Taylor at a tough time. Sally, the, the CEO was definitely struggling. Mm. And um, so when I left, I thought to myself, you know, if I want to learn how to run a company, I need to understand how it works. And mm. I didn't want to get my business. I didn't want to get my MBA. I, I, didn't love, I didn't love going to school. And so I figured that if I could get into consulting, I yeah. could get paid to learn. <laughs> sure. And yeah. that worked in my financial model because I, you know, whatever I had was, whatever I owned was what I had earned myself. So I figured out how to get into consulting. And so um, my father's accountant knew of someone at uh, KPMG Consulting. Ah. KPMG had just bought a little boutique retail firm called Webb and Shirley and Webb and Shirley were hired to do all the transformation work within the limited organization, oh, okay. um, kind of moving to a different design product development model that we had gone through at Gap with McKinsey. Don't tell me you don't tell me you got to, you got to work with Nikki Drexler and you met Les Wexner and you worked with both of them personally. Well, I got to meet Grace. I worked for Grace Nichols and Kay Isaacson for six for eighteen months. Yes, so Grace is yes, I did. Sorry, and I the and the consultant on the project, the manager that I worked for for two years was Jerry Stritsky, wow. who is the guy who you know really took REI to a whole new level. Oh no, I've worked. Yeah. I have worked with some unbelievable talent. I mean, there's yes. no question. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to get your flow off of there, no. but the, yeah, you've had, you've, you've been, uh, yeah, that's great. I mean, I've so, worked with Mickey. Yes. I've worked with Grace. I've yeah. worked with Jerry. I've worked great. with Scott Olivet. All good stuff. Oakley. Um, yes. I've worked for Mr. Kohler. Mm, yeah, good I've, stuff. I've, yes. Yeah. Tough, 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 oh, but all, good stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the real legends. I mean, you know, all great leader, all great leaders are a little bit tough in some areas. I mean, you have to be, you have, you have to, to be, be. You, yeah. you can't just yeah. be a little teddy bear walking around all the time. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, they want that now. So you have to really tame yourself, but, um, you know, you just have to be resilient Yeah, yeah. and you have so, to be tenacious, right? I mean, you just have to, if you get yelled at, you just have to get back up again and do it again. Right. Isn't, I mean, it, like, isn't it so true? Isn't it so true? Like back in the late eighties and through, through, through the nineties. Right. I, I mean, you could, you, you could be, you could be yelled at, you could be crushed in meetings and today. Yeah. And then in today's world, and I thought there's some millennials get their feelings hurt over little things. I'm like, I'm just thinking to myself. Yeah. So Sally Frank Cassick's really in her prime was a legend. And she was at Ann Taylor when I was there. She threw a hanger at me once in front of a hundred people. Because <laughs> she hated the item that I showed her that 30 days before she left, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I was with, I was with a VP. Uh, I won't mention her name uh, from, from limited brands. And we were doing the entourage tour and I'll never forget this. We were, you know, there's a pack of eight people walking around into the retail stores. Right. And uh, anyway, this retail manager started crying during the, during the conversation because she, she was super stressed out or whatever. Yeah. Right. We, we walked out of the store and that VP, she looked, she looks over at me. She says, get rid of her. She's weak. She's weak. <laughs> I was like, wow. I mean, people don't know. It was a different world back then. It was then. a different world. Different world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a different world. Anyway, go, we got off track. So, okay. So your, your career back and forth really between consulting, retail, and then, then you started hitting some turnaround stuff. Some, somewhere in there, you started to yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Well, I think what happens is you get, I mean, I really like learning. I think, so, I mean, I, I think there's a couple of things. I love to work and I love learning. Yeah, good. And I think 
you know, the consulting part of me loves always being exposed to new clients, new problems, new solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's intense. It's grindy. It's long hours, but you're, you're being really stimulated as you go. Yeah. Cause you're constantly learning more and more. What I don't love about consulting all the time is that you don't own the results. And what's That's exciting true. about being in the business is, you know, you own the results, good or bad, right? I mean, sales are the truth. I love, I love that expression. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so as I got, you know, kind of up in my career, as I worked at things, and, and I should be honest, like, not everything has come easy to me. I, you know, learning how to really understand the financials has been a grind for me. And I have had to work at it. I have found people to help me with it. I have asked people to spend time with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you can't be good at everything. No. And, no. and so I'm candid about what I'm good at and I'm candid at what I'm not good at. And I seek out others to make me better. Wonderful. And, and I think knowing yourself is really important and just being okay with who you are and leaning into what you're good at and then surrounding yourself with talent or people or mentors or friends or whatever it is to round out the part you're not so good at to make you good at not everything, but holistically good is really important. And I think being okay with that is the, the, the earlier you can be, okay with knowing what you need to work on and or what you need to get help with, the better you'll be. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And it's great to hear a CEO be humble in that respect and 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 speak that way, right? Because so many young CEOs, they're still um they're they have this this fear that people are going to think they don't know what they're doing. So they overcompensate for that by acting like they know everything and they don't listen enough and they don't ask for enough help and that gets them in trouble super quick. Totally. Get you into trouble. I mean, it's impossible, right? It's like using, knowing everything is impossible. Working for perfection is impossible. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's not, it's not realistic. So I think what happened, I think, you know, and I think you'll, you can read about this statistically, I think because it is harder to become a female, you know, business unit president or president or CEO is they, the really, really great jobs usually you don't sometimes always interview for right. Mm-hmm. So I think women. Did it happen to you? Did it happen to you? In your I think career? you tend to take the riskier jobs. Yeah. Because you want to get into that next level. That's but true. I think that's how I got into these turnarounds. Cause now I've realized I've done so many of these turnarounds. I might as well lean in and say, you know what? I'm really good at turnarounds. <laughs> right. So now talk about, talk about needing to know the numbers. If yeah, you're in right. turnaround, it's like, Holy cow. Uh, especially, then, uh, yeah. if there's, especially if there's PE money involved and they're like, uh, Hey, well, Kendra. Then, uh, yeah, but then you've got, then you've got their really good talent to help you crunch it out. That's true. True, true, true. Right, and so, that goes so, back to being comfortable enough to say, "Hey, you too, I need you." <laughs> <laughs> what was your first big um, kind of success story? I know I don't. We, we can't touch on every. You have, a, by the way, great career, and you've had a ton of accomplishments. But what is your first? What's your first big win on a turnaround? I think my first. You know, I I think the one that I that is most exciting for me is probably the Coolabar one because that was my first. PE-backed, standalone CEO role where when I got there, it was... Ship was was on fire. (laughs) Ship was on fire. (laughs) Yeah. And the board didn't know. um, The board wasn't getting along. Like, so I had to learn, you know, there wasn't a cash flow model we didn't have any line of credit. I mean, it was, I mean, you could every we didn't have barely enough money to make payroll. There were bill. There was a million dollars of bills not even on the books. Um, and you know, I, probably, I love that. I love that. I always love it when. You, so you you go down to accounting with a with a bill or yeah. something like, hey, why this vendor's calling me saying we yeah, owe him two hundred thousand yeah. dollars and it's like nowhere. It's nowhere yeah. logged yeah. anywhere. It was crazy. In fact, the the AP woman who was outside my office, her phone rang all day, all day long. And finally, about I've been there about a week, uh, and I walked so over to her. I said, "Brenda, who's calling you all the time?" And she says to me, "Oh, 
it's it's all the vendors and she opens up these drawers and in it are checks all, she's like, checks she's never were mailed she's like, we haven't been paying our bills and they were in this drawer and i was like oh my god what have i done what have i done <laughs> anyway the good news is though oh, it's so good it's as so once good. you've gone we could do a whole we could do a whole episode on just that turnaround we could we could, because I it's there's so much I can't even tell you. But well, by the way, now can, let me just ask you real quick: Are you married yeah. with kids at this time during that turnaround? Are you married? Oh with yeah, kids? yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm you're, I've been married. I met my husband consulting. Okay, so you're you're going home and you tell your husband you're like, oh my yeah. god, this yeah. is, I don't know what I've done. <laughs> totally, but he's really so. I think because I've worked with my husband, that's how I met him. I would say we are each other's greatest fans. Okay. So like, he's like, my you can do it. He was, and he was, so he was, I think my husband's amazing. He could not be more supportive of me. Right. Cool. And okay. so he, we know what the other one does well. We know how to support the other one. And he's actually good at some things that I'm not so good at. And I can really help him with some things. And so we can really support the other one. And uh, it makes a big difference having a fan. Was he uh, good at cooking and cleaning and taking care of the kids at that time? Because you probably didn't see him for six months during the turnaround. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely a help, and I, you know we are fortunate enough we can hire some help when we need. It. Uh, so, that's good. No, that's good. Uh, so you we're, we're, and we only have one child. So that okay. was the all right. Yeah. All right. So we, this place is. Uh, uh, by the way, can you tell the? Is it in here? What 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 was the PE firm? Can you mention that, or is it super private? Oh yeah, um, it was LFE. It was two PE firms. It was LFE and Avon, and so and then there was a founder. How so long I, had the How long had the PE money been in before they brought nine you? years? Oh, and they had had to put an extra amount in. Oh my God! Okay, so they're already on pins and needles before you even get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the oh. good news is, so, I mean, you know, probably my greatest success is 22 months later, we had a very successful transaction. How about that? Wow. And I, you know, I never. Wow. Wow. You know, it was a big so, deal. I never thought, I mean, I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would know how to hire an investment banker, even what an investment banker is. Um, <laughs> what does it mean to send out the book or tell so the story good. or do the management uh, presentations? That's great experience. That is wonderful. It's experience incredible, right? That was and huge for you. Huge, huge, huge moment. Huge. Yep. Was that yeah. a? Did you get a? Uh, was that a nice payday right there? Was that a? Hey, we're gonna it pay off. Not, it was. It was. You know, they they already had had two other CEOs in the role oh. who honestly did better than I did in the deal because they doesn't that suck. Doesn't that suck? You really call them up and be like, hey, bro. You think uh, they would have thanked me, right? Yeah, yeah, seriously. (laughs) Seriously. But no, because I think they were so upset that they had been previously fired. Um, All right. So you didn't get retirement money out of that, but it was a a wonderful moment. You know what? It It was a huge. I've never taken a job for the money. Okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. But it's never usually my primary driver. Um, I mean, it needs to be enough. I don't want to say I'm not, but I'm not. Um, I think no, I hear you. Love yeah. the work. Yeah. Money doesn't so that, really make you happy. So that was a wonderful, great job on that. Congratulations! Thank and you. then you, then you, what? You're like, I'm going to do some consulting for a while myself. Take some time off, chill. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Then I stayed with the new person for another two and a half years. We doubled is, the size of the company while I was there. Is, um, can I just, for the listeners, for the listeners' benefit and knowledge and learning, is that because you had a ride along package when they nope. when they. No. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Impressive. I, mean, I really loved, impressive. You know, I loved the company. I loved the people. I loved the mission of it. Um, okay. But, yeah. you know, then it was time. And then I, then I was fortunate enough to become kind of a part-time operating partner working for another PE firm to help them look at deals. So I've now okay. sat on both sides of the table. Love it. And that was a thrill. Love it. Uh, Great experience. And- Great experience. I mean, you know, I'm the only female there and there's, t- I mean, I, I just never thought I could do these things. Right. Uh, can I ask you, 
Can we pause yeah. right there? I don't, we don't have to get into the whole. I mean, I'm not traditional. If you looked at me, I don't look yeah. like a CEO. I don't dress like a CEO. Uh, I don't know. You talk like one now. <laughs> I might speak like one, but if you saw me walking down the street, you wouldn't say, oh, she looked, you know, I'm definitely not, you know, blue suit and pumps. You know what I'm saying? Did it bother you back then to be the only female sitting in a room full of like 10 guys? Was that a thing? Did it bother you at all? Did it matter? Uh, did, did to it- me, I loved it. Okay. So in consulting, when I was at KPMG or three Anderson, I was often the only female. Um, Was that for you? Was that a pride factor? Was that like a, Hey, I feel. A little bit. I felt like, you know, like, yeah, I can, I can hang with the boys. boys. Um, Oakley was very male dominated. Mm, I loved working at Oakley. Um, I get along with it. I'm not as, I just like, I just either like people or I don't like people, yeah, but I don't, gotcha. I don't have a huge, I mean, I've definitely, you know, we could all sit here and whine about how I've been, you know, treated or not treated. Right. But I don't let it. Um, Has it gotten better over the years with, with, with men in general? Have we, I mean, men are pigs in general, right? Most of us, we're just, talk, we really are. We're just, cro- we're just crocodiles. Stupid, I think there's some <laughs> stupid ones. Like I think, I think the few that are really stupid kind of ruin it for the rest. That's a good point. Have we gotten better? Has it gotten better or no? Like since back in the early nineties with comments from men, has it gotten better or are we still just not doing very good? <laughs> um, I think I don't know because I have figured out how to navigate and not okay. even like, I don't, I don't drink. Oh, I, okay. I rarely go to events that involve drinking. So, okay. So that's probably helped a ton. So at happy hour, at the convention, at the annual convention, you're not down at the hotel bar. And I haven't done that for years. Okay. Well, that's definitely helped because I think things happen at at those things. (laughs) And so I probably after the gap days, I I stopped doing all of that. Okay. So that's, let's take a pause right there for the listeners. This is a really good tip for an aspiring executive. I think, and this is for men and women, both, Yes. you know, and, and I would definitely agree with Kendra on this. Once you, once you are in a high enough leadership role, let, let's mm-hmm. call it, I don't know. Let's just, I don't know. Let's say VP or above you real. And you got a bunch of people reporting to you when you go to these annual conferences or these annual events, you have really got to be careful. Even if you do like to drink and have a little fun. And that's what you always did when you were younger in your career you got to be really conservative and careful at these things. These are, these events are not the place for you to go down as an executive leader and mix with all the younger associates and get hammered because bad bad things are going to happen. They just do. (laughs) They just, bad things happen. And I think, yes. so I don't, I couldn't comment if it was better or worse. I think it's better, but I also really don't put myself in situations where I'm even, I'm not even in the game. Yeah. I mean, that's great. That's a great advice. Just don't put yourself in this situation. Okay. So, so then, um, what happened? Let me, let me guess somebody at a PE firm taps you on the shoulder and says, Hey, uh, Heartland America, come, come, come do this. Come help. Come help. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm doing that now. It's been good. Um, were you like, were you like, Hey, listen, before I say yes, can I see the books? I want to see all the books, send me the financials and the, yeah. the real well, books. You know, so here's one other thing I would say is even if you see the books, you need to <laughs> really get in there. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, the forecasts are probably not always accurate. No. And the reporting. Yeah. It depends really, on if it's self-reporting or, or audited. Yeah. Yeah, I just think, uh, you know, I think it is, do you like the people? Do you like the firm? Do you like who you're working with? Do you think there's opportunities? And uh, was this a PE firm you had already worked with before? No, no, this is a different, this is, this is a different group, but. um, Can you speak to the ownership of Heartland now? What's the ownership makeup or no? Or is it, I know it's it's, private. Yeah, it's, it's three investor. It's, it's a smaller firm. Um, It's, it's three gentlemen who are investors, but you know, they're. um, Oh, I see. Are they all from the. They have their own own funds. They individually have their own funds and then they invest together. So they, they're very successful gentlemen. Um, 
original family members are not involved. Original founders are all gone or whatever. No, they're gone. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least you're not dealing with that. There's no, there's no family members sprinkled in the office. Well, there are actually two of the son-in-laws still work here and they're great, but they don't have ownership. They don't have ownership. Okay. So it's the three, you got three investors. Three investors. Yes. Okay. That's the board, so to speak. That's the board. It's three investors and me. Yeah. And okay. Good, good, good. Now this time you negotiated for a big equity package. I know you did. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, you have to do the work. You have to do the work. So you've been there, what, a year? You've been a there year. a year? Yeah, just a year. Yeah, it's been good. You're still you're still there. It's not, I'm still you're here. St- I'm still here. I mean, obviously, COVID's made it challenging and supply chains made it tough. And uh, I mean, it's just, it. I think what's nice about working with other business people is there's just a pragmatic realism about how, you know, what is going on with the economy and, and where we sit and where we're at. And that's... Yeah you know, very supportive and helpful is, is having a group of people that, you know, have a, have a firm understanding of what is going on. Will you do me a favor for the listeners? Now is probably a good time. Can you give the overview of Heartland America in your own words? I mean, for people that hadn't heard of it and quite honestly, before our interview, I mean, I, I think I had heard of Heartland America, but in yeah, my head, and I'm in my head, you know, I was I was getting ready for your interview. I'm like, now what do they sell? I think they sell. And I went to the website. Yeah, um, I mean, it's yeah, kind of niche. Me- it's a little bit niche. It's it's a catalog. It's mostly a catalog business. So we send out over 15 million catalogs a year. Okay. It's an older customer. That 15 lives- a year. 15 million a year. Oh, 15. Oh, oh, sorry. How many catalogs so do you launch? 15 million a year? catalogs a year. Yeah. One a year. One launch a year. No one. A month. Okay. All right. One a, a month. month. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. So a catalog that's okay. business. That's yeah. okay. Sorry about if I wasn't clear. Sorry about that's that. Right. That's right. And we have an older customer. They live in rural America where there's not great Wi-Fi. Um, and okay. so the web, they don't really like the web. They like to flip through the catalog and what, call what percentage of your customer orders from paper catalog versus the web? Do you know? Oh yeah, I know. Uh 80%. No, 80 to 90, depending on the month, 80 to 90% through the catalog. What? Okay. Let me, let me just hold I got to let that register in my brain. They like to talk to us on the phone. Seriously. So 80 or 90% of your orders are either from the phone or from the paper catalog. Only 10% of your orders are coming online are coming. from. That is crazy. That's wild. Yeah. There's actually quite a few companies that are built that way. Okay. People like to go through the book. They mark, you know, they market and then they call us and, you know, we have items. I mean, we sell product throughout the entire book. It's not just, you know, the front cover. They, they systematically go through it and then they like to talk to us on the phone, ask questions. How how about that? How about Uh, that? Yeah. That is okay. That is wild. Um, Cause that, all right. So general merchandise, I mean, you got a little bit of everything here. Yeah, We have a little bit of, we, we try and find really good values. We try to find products that are kind of a four-star quality or better. Okay, so, okay, so it's quality, That's, not budget products. It's it's or, a combo. It's definitely a combo, I and mean, we we have good quality products. We have less than a three percent return rate. Wow! All That's, right, right. That's um, good. What is the what's the so it's not like a Marshall's TJ Maxx concept. You're not buying no, clothes. You're not buying. It's just it's because it's more of a male dominated catalog. We actually have we're sixty percent male, which is high, and we sell garden and tools and garage. We sell a lot of refurbished products, products that are have been refurbished by the manufacturer or okay. an approved third party. So you know you're kind of buying good quality products that aren't going into landfill uh, that are a good value. Okay. And your buyers, are they just hunting? They're just, are we're they, just hunting for deals, hunting deals. Okay. Hunting deals. And then we evaluate them. We have a, you know, we have a way of evaluating the products to make sure they're good, you know, of our quality standard. And uh, that's new. So this whole kind of quality value proposition has been one of the things we've been working on since I got here, which is why our returns have dropped to, you know, so yeah, that's, that's a good number. That's yeah. a good number. How how the heck does a company like this compete with Amazon? How do you do that? I don't know. 
Well, have you been on Amazon lately? <laughs> Every day. <laughs> I mean, their prices actually have gone up. Their shipping costs have gone up, but uh, I don't. I don't think we we. It's hard to compete with Amazon right now. Yeah, um, it's really hard. Uh, but you know, this customer wouldn't spend the one fifty on Prime. You know, I see. So are you a prime customer? I mean, I think it also yes. depends, you know, where I live, if I order something on Amazon, I get it within an hour, right? I'm in the heart of a city. I'm in the heart of a hub. This customer is more rural. They don't, they wouldn't even get the same Amazon experience that you, depending where you live, what, what you might get. I see. Okay. And Amazon good. doesn't ever answer the phone. That's true. And I did see that on your website. Your website specifically says, call us. We want call to talk us. to you or something. Yeah, That's what I read do. that. I read yeah. that. And, and I, we have I, now, hire nice people that like to talk on the phone. Okay. So it's so interesting you bring that up. So when I was looking at the website, my first reaction was, how do they compete with Amazon? But then I was, as I was scrolling the website, I saw it where it's like, hey, call us. And I was like, wow. When's the last time you saw a website actually say, call us? It's okay to call right. us. Right. <laughs> so I think uh, that, you know, I mean, part of it is about, you know, I see my mom who's gotten all the way on 377, 78. Yeah. You know, she, there's times she has questions before yes. she buys. It's not easy to return yes. things for her yes. anymore. So she mm -hmm. wants to buy the right thing. Mm -hmm. So she Feels wants better. to ask some questions. Yep. Couldn't agree more. And that, I, all of a sudden, that starts to become a competitive advantage because. Our people know about our products. We answer the phone. We're kind. We're patient. You know, I'm not looking mm -hmm. at the clock saying you've got to get your call down by, you know, five more seconds. Now you got me. Okay. Now you got me hooked, Kendra. I was wondering, okay. I'm like, hi, what is the niche here? Like you said, and now I see because, and coincidentally, I was just back in Oklahoma visiting my 78-year-old mother and yes. trying, to, trying to show her where the rewind button was on an old DVD player was hard. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you're right. She wants to just call somebody. And, yeah. Am I ordering the right thing? You're right. Yeah, you're totally right. There, so there is, there is a need for that. I think you're, you're servicing a need there. I, I see that. Now. I think we are. I, you know, I know everyone always wants to talk about Gen X and Gen Z and, you know, millennial, but I mean, there is that older customer and they're still around and they, you know, they, they have money to spend. That's true. Oh, that's true. And, okay. And that's true. so, yeah, I think there is some opportunity there. How many employees you got? hundred and something? hundred and, uh, probably around 125 right now. Okay. Yeah. All right. How much, how much time did the PE firm give? No, what's not a PE firm. How much time did the three, three people get? No, I'm just joking. Did they say, Hey, one year, fix this. Oh, no, they're great. They've been really great. Um, we were, you know, we've had okay. a couple of hurt. We've had a couple of hiccups since I've joined. So they're, they're great. Um, incredibly supportive. Uh, the chair is great. And um, I, got, I mean, honestly, it's, it's one of the best boards I've worked with. Did they give you some cash to try to fix it or they just, yeah, or... They're, they're definitely investing in the company. Okay. Like there's, there, there's really no, I really have no complaints. You know, that's the tough thing for turnarounds, right? If, if, if a CEO gets a call for a turnaround, it, it, it's a hell of a lot easier if you're coming in and going, okay, well, uh, ERP system needs to be replaced. This needs to be replaced. All these things need to be replaced. And I can't do that if I don't have any cash. Right. <laughs> so, uh, okay. All right. Very good. Um, let's switch gears here as we were headed towards wrap up. we got a few minutes left. Okay. Um, I noticed you're pretty careful with your social media. You're pretty careful. You're, you're, your LinkedIn is all business. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you don't, you I'm don't mess around. You, what's that? I'm buttoned up. Yeah, you are. I, I was trying to find some stuff. I was trying to, let me find something on here. She's commented on that might be a little. No, bit. you'll never no. see me do that. I didn't. I didn't find nothing. I didn't find anything. <laughs> nope. I will never. I will like something. I might say great job, <laughs> but you will never ever see me comment on any social platform. Yeah, I think it's anything, even slightly controversial. I am in 100% agreement and I just did a podcast episode on an entire subject recently oh. and I, and I was challenged. I had people call me and oh no, as a podcast go host and as a CEO for Rider Flex, you know, 
you probably, I don't even know if you know this, but RiderFlex, our day job, we're a recruiting firm, right? And we have yep, a podcast. Yep. yep. And so they're like, well, as a recruiting firm CEO and as a podcast, you need to be, you know, just picking a side on this and this. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I don't think so. No. no. And I uh, encourage other CEOs. I'm like, man, what? I have friends. I have friends that they'll comment on stuff and I'll call them up. And I'll be like, what are you doing? Like, what? What are you trying to piss off half your customer base? Like, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? <laughs> well, I think I think it depends if, you know, it depends on your company who owns it and what true. you stand for okay true. True. this true. is not my company so i you know i technically i am an employee yeah. um and two my guess is with my customer base i i'm pretty sure i have a pretty broad i have all political views at, at my organization yep, and you have all i don't really stuff. feel like it's my right to push my personal values on other people Yep. I also believe very strongly that if we could focus on the 70% that we all agreed on versus the 30% or 20% that we don't agree on, if we could make the words cooperation, collaboration, and cooperation sexy again, um, I would be happy. So, you know, it's so true. It's just, we're focused, we're just so polar. I mean, I'm just embarrassed on both sides. So I try not to, I, I, you know, I, I, I like to, you know, know the way we behave is just crazy now. So I just feel I, like um, we have to do our, we have to lead by example. And if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all, right? I mean, <laughs> oh man, there's this great line uh, from, uh, of all people, uh, Mike Tyson quote, where he said something like social media has made everybody uh, comfortable enough to say mean things without having to be worried about getting punched in the face. Right. Totally. <laughs> He's right. I mean, you would never say those things right. in face, and you wouldn't be allowed to, you'd be fired. I mean, it's yeah, just, that too. <laughs> it's so nutty how people behave. Um, now, personally on my social media, I do post some personal things, but I, it's cause I've moved and I want to stay connected to my friends, but my group yeah. is very small. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's yeah. wise and it's good for the listeners. And I know some people listening to this interview will disagree because I do get some of those comments, but overwhelmingly the CEOs, a vast majority of the CEOs I've interviewed on this podcast say exactly what you just said, which is no, not a good idea to go down that road. And uh, I am in total agreement. And if you're listening to this show, and you're an aspiring executive, if you're a young director out there that wants yeah. to be a CEO someday, I caution you to be careful about putting stuff out that could come back to haunt you five, six years later. Well, not even that. I'll tell you at my husband, so my husband is a partner at Accenture wow. and he's in financial services mm. and they have hired either through Accenture or at US Bank, they've hired interns that due to posting inappropriately on social media lost their jobs because yeah. the banks have such strict rules on what you can do. Yep. And these kids Absolutely. are done. Yep. It's yep. done. They, 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 these banks hire third-party services to vet you. And <laughs> once you post inappropriately, you're out. And so that's kind of a shame, but it's the it way is. it is. So I, if you're young, I'd be very careful about what you post that goes on at parties or commentary, because it can really prevent you from potentially having a great job opportunity that is you, you lose. I, we know a number of Ben, my husband knows a number, unfortunately, of things that have happened to kids. Yep. I totally agree. I have one last question for you as we're almost out yeah. of time, but I, but I want to emphasize a point you made a second ago. You, you said something like um, you're embarrassed by how we act as a, as yes. a country on social. And I, and I am too. So sometimes I, I tell my wife, I'll see something. I'm like, what world are we living in, man? This is crazy. Yeah. And I told her the other day, I was like, you know, if aliens from another planet only, only saw our social media and the news and didn't actually come here, they would think we're a bunch of crazy people. <laughs> forget, I mean, forget aliens. Try people from other countries. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my neighbor's kid moved to New Zealand before COVID. And he's been stuck there due to COVID. And so my neighbor oh. spoke to his son the other day. And he said, when are you coming home? 
And he said, come home. He's like, why would I come home? And he went to reel off all these stats that from his perspective, yeah, he's yeah. like, I'm not coming back. <laughs> no, now that was his perspective. And I, you know, but he was like between this and this and this, you've got to be kidding. What world are we living in? Uh, so good. Really good stuff, Kendra. Really good stuff. What, a, what I'm going to ask you one last question. What a wonderful career so far. Your track record is yep. really great. And I, and I love the balance the balance of the early retail, early retail executive stuff. And then you got the consulting in there and then the training yeah. and the numbers and then the turnaround. Awesome. Thank you. Um, if you had to define now, you said you had one child, you're married. So let's, let's yeah. set aside the husband yeah. and kid for a second. Okay. Aside from your family, aside from your yeah. immediate family, if you had to yeah. define your core purpose in life moving forward, what, what does that, what does that sound like your core purpose? Uh, I mean, I can tell you some things that are important to me. Um, how was that? I doing nonprofit board work is really important to me. Okay. Um, I've been on one or two nonprofit boards probably for the last, oh, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Very satisfying, gratifying, rewarding. And I think if you want to get onto boards or you want to network or you want mentorship, getting onto working committees that then get you onto a board of a topic that you are truly and authentically passionate about is some of the best work you can do. And if you are young, I would encourage you to find time to give back because it will help you find people that you share a common passion with that some of the older members might be, end up being becoming great mentors for you. Mm, and I believe giving back is really, really important in some capacity. Good stuff. Um, and I also think mentoring is important, whether you are being mentored or you are the mentee. And as you change, it flips. But I think networking is important. I think mentoring is important. I think being mentored is important. Yes. Um, and I try to spend a decent amount of time finding time for both. You know, I'm currently advising two other companies right now. Um, I do it at night or on the weekends, you know, I find an hour here, an hour there. I try and network at least once a week and yeah. I'm also helping a couple of people find jobs right now. So I think this pay it forward is really important and it, it's part of your giving back, but it's also part of the fact that you've probably been benefiting from others over time and just weaving that into your business, personal life, I think is really critical and it's just, it just needs to be a part of what you do. Good stuff, Kendra. Thank you very much for sharing your story on the Rider Flex podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you.